0: Welcome, you're listening to episode one of the Fairsphere podcast series. Today we will be exploring the role of publishers in the implementation of fair policies and practice for research data management. Today we have the privilege of speaking with Joris Van Rossum, Director for Research Data at the International STM Association, and with F.K. Smith, Fairsphere Champion and Director of Standards and Technology at the International STM Association. As representatives of the academic publishing industry, you both have unique insights into the priorities for digital open science, which we are extremely grateful to be able to explore together today. Thank you for making yourselves available for some general questions about your own sector, and then a deeper dive into the draft policy recommendations, which have been developed by FAIR's FAIR project, based on a series of landscaping activities. The Association of STM Publishers has declared 2020 the STM Research Data Year. Could you tell us a little bit about the motivation behind this and briefly summarise the activities it comprises? How has the uptake of and the feedback on the STM Research Data Year been so far?
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, so, the research data year was launched because, in the last couple of years, we've seen the effective implementation of certain solutions and tools uh, in publishers that can really help um, sharing our research data. Uh, the uh, integration of data availability statements, for example, uh, rolling out journal policies across uh, journals, uh, as well as colleagues, resulting in the effective linking of journal articles and research data. And the motivation behind this program is to allow publishers to work together uh, to roll out uh, these solutions across all publishers. So having mid-sized and smaller-sized publishers learn from the the publishers that are uh, quite far in this implementation. Um, And um, the feedback has been really positive. To use some good examples, for example, uh, Elsevier has has rolled out colleagues, uh, PLOS has rolled out availability statements, all with very good results. And um, again, the the results have been very positive. Um, We have currently uh, 18 publishers that participate in the program, which means that we work together very closely, um, uh, learn from each other, and really speed up uh, rolling out the solutions. Um, and actually, on the, uh, the STM Research Data website, uh, we have uh, first of all a lot of information for publishers to learn to, uh, to to understand how to roll out these solutions and tools. But we also have a dashboard, and there you can see actually what we're doing and how far we are uh, progressing. And uh, just to give you some highlights, uh, we have um, uh, 18 publishers, as I mentioned, representing uh, 12,000 publishers. Um, 60% have already journal policies rolled out. Um, the, uh, uh, we are starting with uh, implementing uh, availability statements in articles, which we we're measuring, uh, which is now uh, 9% uh, and growing. Uh, and SCOLEX uh, is now implemented the 35% of those publishers. And again, we expect this in one year, because it's the research data year, uh, to increase significantly. And we, we really are confident that it will really help the entire ecosystem in research data sharing. Um, Another motivation, um, uh, aside from publishers helping each other and speeding up the implementation of these uh, solutions, is uh, actually coordinating and aligning our efforts. Uh, We understand we are in a very complex ecosystem, uh, with funders, with policymakers, with institutions, uh, with uh, repositories, and of course with researchers themselves. And in order to bring about this effective change in the ecosystem, we really have to work together and to align. And um, uh, we're also, um, uh, yeah, playing a part uh, in this. So we are um, uh, organizing meetings, uh, webinars. Uh, we are coordinating with various um, organizations, uh, like with FairSfair, Fair, uh, for which we are very happy. And I think this also bring, brings out an effective change. And again, it's a coordinated, effective, and we really have to collaborate effectively in order to bring about this change.
0: Um, So, STM publishers have recently strengthened their ties with the Research Data Alliance. In which ways do you see this helping the publishing world support fair data and open science?
1: Yeah, maybe to start, um, uh, the things that we are working on uh, as a focus for this research data year, which is uh, sharing research data, which is linking research data um, with uh, publications, and also citing research data. Uh, they were the result of work that has been done uh, by the uh, RDA and other organizations as well. Uh, the data availability statements uh, were uh, recommended by an RDA interest group. Uh, the same with SCOLICS, which was developed with the RDA, um, the data citation, data citation principles, uh, where the RDA also had an important role, uh, and uh, coming up with uh, standards for, for repositories. So I would say already the RDA has done fantastic work. And again, more generally, uh, going forward in terms of uh, implementing solutions uh, to a broader group of publishers, but also focusing on new areas, uh, working with RDA as well as other organizations uh, like Ferris Fair, uh, but uh, working with American US counterparts, Asian counterparts, and working uh, with institutions uh, equally important. Um, so yeah, it's again, the success of this year is based on the work already done by the RDA and, uh, and, and going forward, we, we're really, really happy we can collaborate further, uh, more intensive intensively.
0: Yeah, so you've mentioned Fearsphere a couple of times. Um, from your point of view, can Fearsphere or other European infrastructure projects play a particular role in the context of the STM research data year?
1: Yes, absolutely. I think the, the, what really um, resonates with us is the practical aspect. Uh, what we see with uh, with publishers, with the journal editors, for example, they're really in need of practical solutions and practical guidelines. Um, uh, and and uh, so we like that fo- focus very much uh, with uh, with Verispar. There's the, the European aspect to it, which, um, uh, which of course is very important. Funding often comes from the European perspective, so. Um, uh, that brings, uh, you know, an additional uh, element, which is very interesting. Uh, So, yes, it's, um, um, yeah, we're very excited. And and, uh, we see a lot of good work is being done, um, including the recommendations you make. So we're very happy to be a part of it.
0: Based on the findings of a number of landscaping activities and the recommendations of the Turning Fear into Reality report, the Fear's Fear project has developed a total of 22 draft policy enhancement recommendations, more than half of which are of interest to publishers. As a representative of a large association of scholarly publishers, what is your take on these draft recommendations overall?
2: Yes, uh, I think uh, already the title of the recommendations, Turning It Into Reality, is the one that is completely in line uh, with what we're trying to do in the research data year. And uh, I would even say you say more than half are of interest to the publishers. Well, let me be greedy and say I think all of them are of interest to publishers because publishers are as much part of this ecosystem as uh, all the other stakeholders. You know, I often say that in the in the research cycle there are two very important moments for every researcher. That is at the start of the research cycle when their funding project is being accepted and it is uh, much more towards the end of the research cycle when their publication is accepted by a journal and i think that all of the stakeholders who are involved in fair, fair uh, should work together on that so that uh, the requirements for data sharing are already embedded in the in the research grant but are also embedded in all the requirements that journals and publishers ask uh, for the publications. And the very first recommendation, which starts with provide practical guidance, that is also exactly the atmosphere in which we try to do that. And uh, adding on everything that Joris has explained about the STM research data year, I would like to add that for STM, this was uh, quite a new thing to do because very often we talk about policies, we talk about standards, and uh, we've always been very much sort of a, a, a paper organiser, well paper is of course very old fashioned, but let's say a talking organisation. And this is for the f- one of the first times that we really started a programme uh, to give practical guidance, to focus on adoption and implementation, because in the research data field, so much work has gone into Um, uh, making all those preparations, there's a lot that is sort of ready on the shelf to be implemented and adopted. So uh, provide practical guidance uh, uh, for something that should be completely integrated in the research cycle is something where publishers can play an important role. And if I then go through some of those recommendations, uh, then there are a few that, that are of particular importance. Uh, for example, uh, let, me, uh, let me take one that is recommendation 12, working collaborat- collaboratively, well, there it is already, you know, the collaborative elements very important, but especially on data availability statements, that's something uh, on which we've done uh, a lot of work. Um, there's also one, let me see which one uh, I highlighted, Uh, For example, Recommendation 15 that says policies and related guidance should emphasize that data management planning and sharing data supports research integrity goals, enhances data quality, and contributes to reproducibility and transparency. These are all elements that are playing a more and more important role in journal policies. Uh, Research integrity, protecting that proving the research reproducibility, uh, that has become a real concern uh, for journals. And uh, that is something that we will also uh, want to work on more in the future, uh, as a a natural element of of making open science uh, possible. Then I saw, for example, recommendation 17, uh, advising on where data should be deposited, uh, we hear from a lot of publishers that authors actually ask the journal, uh, where should I put my data? I think it would make enormous sense if, if uh, we would work together with more of the other stakeholders, maybe in the context of Fair is Fair, or maybe in the context of the European Open Science Cloud, uh, on, on making it easy for the researcher to find Uh, the trusted repositories where they should go for their data and how we can also make sure that all the metadata is aligned and of course, uh, you know, uh, we've developed SCOLIX together with a lot of other stakeholders that should be an environment where things like this can happen. Uh, Then a very important one is uh, number 20, provide guidance on how to cite. That is already part of our uh, research data here now, where the motto is "share, link, cite." The citing is of is of huge importance to incentivize authors, uh, because you know metrics and um, how to measure the performance uh, of researchers. Um, a lot of people say it should go much farther than just citations to publications, it should also have citations to data, citations to software, things like that. So um, uh, that, is, uh, that is one that I would also like to mention. And then uh, last but not least, uh, support stakeholders to consider compliance uh, that is, of course, also uh, very important. You know, so far, it's all very much in the context of encouraging authors to do this. And that is probably uh, also the phase we're in now. But the more journals that will ask for a data availability statement and that have clear data policies, that will be very important. And as Jura said, uh, we started this program when around three to 4,000 journals uh, we had data policies, and due to the research data program, we already have 12,000 journals now participating, and uh, we think that can grow even further. So, I think that that is how you know the aims of Fair is Fair and our own activities here very nicely uh, uh, confluence.
0: Don't forget to follow Fearsphere on social media. You can find us on Twitter, at Fearsphere underscore EU, on LinkedIn, Fearsphere, or on YouTube, Fearsphere EU. So do you think there are scientific domains that are more advanced in this sense than others, or is this an issue across all the disciplines?
2: There are definitely different speeds. Uh, and different, uh, different levels of progress across uh, different sa- scientific subject fields. Uh, and that has everything to do with the intrinsic way they work. Uh, for example, uh, in any field of science where observational data is the core, there has always been a lot of collaboration on sharing data, simply because data were very often uh, generated uh, collectively. I think of astronomy, uh, I think of uh, marine science, um, think of other, uh, uh, a lot of climate um, uh, research. Uh, so there, there was already a tradition uh, because people work on the same big uh, instruments and they're dependent on sharing those instruments. And then it's a small step to also share the data. The same goes, for example, for particle physics, but you saw there that there was so much competition in the field. So uh, observational data is one thing, the level of competition is another. For example, uh, people who were renting, or how do you say, who were allotted time in CERN uh, would very much keep the data they collected there to themselves because they wanted to outpace other research groups. So There the sharing of data, although you would expect that it would be logical, did not always happen. So that different cultural elements play a role to the extent where where data sharing happens. A very nice example is genomics research, where uh, the human genome uh, uh, project uh, made sharing uh, a required element from the very start. Uh, which means that that uh, that GenBank became one of the first really good example of sharing the data, and it is impossible in that area to do genome research without depositing the genomes you find uh, into a central database, and maybe that should be sort of the lighting uh, example for other areas. What well, we notice. Uh, in the publishing field is that the idea of data sharing uh, is quickly uh, uh, taking hold in much newer areas because, uh, for example, in social sciences and humanities, there's now really a, a big demand to find out how data can be shared, Well, humanity usually does not have so much data. But for example, in psychology, as one of the social sciences, there have been so many dramas and and big affairs and and, uh, manipulation of data examples and and lack of reproducibility, that that people start to see it as as a very important element for research integrity. Uh, And that is, a sort of a newer area where there's a high demand to, to come to codes of conduct and best practice recommendations. And I think journals can play a role there too. And in general, you now in the, in the whole COVID um, uh, environment or, or context, you suddenly see that uh, there's also a lot to do about the sharing of, of COVID research data. And uh, with some good examples, with some bad examples, you know, uh, China has been praised for um, uh, giving out the, the, the virus data very, but well, some say very early, some others <laughs> say still too late, uh, but at least it was shared. Uh, there, on the other hand, there was a, a, a bit of disaster with the, with the Lancet article about hydroxychloroquine, uh, which never shared the research data. And people say if the research data had been there from the beginning, uh, people would have seen that, it, that the results were fake and you know things like that. So especially in clinical research, I think the whole pandemic uh, will provide a big push on making more research data uh, available.
0: From your point of view, Which of the recommendations should have the highest priority?
2: Yeah, I wanted to pick out a simple one. uh, And that is the very first. I think if all of us in joint collaboration uh, would focus on practical guidance, you know, just push for practical guidance on whatever element. um, If if we manage to have the discipline to do that, Uh, for for a good while and really focus on adoption and implementation of of data sharing Um, and if we manage to get that going then that would already be a really really good achievement so uh, let's keep the the focus very simple and let's stick the focus on on uh, uh, people doing it just do it
0: Thanks. Um, so, are there any topics or measures missing that you deem relevant? And this maybe is a question for both of you. Uh, you could both give your contributions.
1: Shall I? Uh, shall I start? So, I think that all of these are very important. Um, maybe there are a few that, um, yeah, that 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 are missing to an extent. Uh, I think if you look at um, surveys done among researchers, Um, the motivational aspect is something we should not forget. So um, uh, researchers understand uh, the importance of research data sharing, they understand it from the the, um, uh, perspective of integrity and reproducibility, uh, but also of the potential that um, it can bring to um, make research data and research AI-ready, so enhanced uh, discovery and uh, speeding up uh, scientific uh, um, results. Um, um, but on the other hand, there are f- concerns, concerns about being scooped, for example, so why would I share my research data? Somebody might walk away with it. And the, the question is what, is, what is in it for, for me if I'm being rewarded based on, um, on citations and number of publications? So let's, as an ecosystem, and I stress here as an ecosystem because this is something we have to work on uh, together, make sure that the researchers are rewarded and are rewarding and, and the metrics we build around rewards reflect the importance of research data. Um, and that's not, not, that's not easy. Of course, it starts with measuring. Uh, so citations and linking, that's the sharing. And the, as Evke said, the, the, the motto of this year is share site link. Uh, citing and linking are important ingredients in measuring the impacts of, of, uh, of uh, research data sharing. But let's let's think further about it because it might not be enough. So as an ecosystem, let's think about in the transition of, of um, science being focused on narratives to more on data. Um, let's ensure that, that the systems around measuring the performance about uh, rewarding researchers uh, reflects that change. Um, on a more practical level, uh, something that we are now taking the first steps in is, is review on research data. Um, a peer review, of course, being an essential ingredient in the scientific process it ensures t- the quality of, of output, but it also ensures that uh, the right information is, is, uh, uh, is published in the right outlets. Um, if, uh, data is, is more complex in that respect when you, when you compare it to a research article. Uh, but therefore also very important. Data can mean a lot of things. To come back to what Eifke said, uh, looking at the different scientific areas and the importance of research data, in some areas it's not even well defined what data is. If you look at arts, humanities and social science, data doesn't mean much to them, but when you think about when they collect information or they do interviews, that's also research data, so that, that it already starts with the definitions. Um, But then the importance of of peer review uh, can be very, very important. Um, Of course, some repositories are taking the first step. We think the first step will be actually to to think about what review could mean and what practices are already being done, and we're starting to to collect the information. Um, So again, um, incentivizing researchers, let not forget the researchers and what's in it for them. And second, uh, think about peer review and how that could add value to the entire ecosystem um, in, uh, in research data sharing.
0: Um, so, Joris, do you have any ideas on how researchers can can be rewarded um, for for producing data? You said um, maybe citations aren't enough. Do you have any ideas around maybe in the future how this how this could be done?
1: Um I think here we have to think about the entire um research cycle um so um yeah it's it's it, it's it's a very good question but it's also a very complex question um citations are probably not enough if you think about the concerns that the researchers have and uh, uh, one of the, re- the the concerns is the fear of being scooped so somebody walks away with my data um, so citation linking a data set with an article might not be enough. It might actually be the depositing of the research data itself is a measurable research output. And I think also here peer review can play an important role because a peer reviewer can add value to it, can actually say, well, this is, this is premium content. This is the, can be the basis of an entire new paradigm or a new research field. Uh, so, so add value in that, uh, in, 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 in that respect. Um, But I also think about the research cycle a bit going up. It starts with research data management plans. um, um, And I think the role here could be also to give some kind of reward uh, or make it a requirement that uh, the researchers um, uh, ensure that research data management is being, um, yeah, it's being uh, incorporated in the entire uh, planning of the research process. Um, So, yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, due to the nature of research data and the complexities, but also the importance, it's it's something we have to think of as an as an entire ecosystem, from start to finish, um, and and we certainly can play a role there. Of course, uh, uh, the, the the publishers are <laughs> experts in peer review, um, um, but again, it's a conversation we have we all have to uh, to have.
0: Ethke, is there anything you want to add in terms of uh, topics or measures missing that? That you think are relevant or else also adding to what uh, joris was just saying
2: well i'd like to add to what joris says uh, because he makes a very good point about the about the peer review uh, and data peer review is something uh, i noticed in in uh, in all the research data discussions has very much been a topic that people have been maybe avoiding a little bit because it's so it's such a hairy, uh, <laughs> a hairy thorny thing uh, to touch, uh, but on on the other hand, and and that also um, is is in addition to what I said earlier. You know, let's first get people to the point that they start sharing the data. But as soon as that has become a more common practice, all of us in in good collaboration mm-hmm. have to. St- digging into that data a little deeper. And data peer review is one of those things, you know, uh, because otherwise it could also become too easy for researchers, you know, they deposit a bit of data and they say, yeah, 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 I deposited the the data. And then what is the data? Did we really check whether the data supports the the conclusions of the article? And uh, can we check if the data were not manipulated? Is it, is, is it the complete data? Uh, what data was left out? What happened in the cl- the cleansing of the data or the processing of the data? You know, data has so many different levels. You have very raw data and you have the completely processed data and there are many steps in between that. And, Um, I know why people have stayed away from the the issue of data peer review, uh, because in some areas it may mean that the peer reviewer is sort of redoing the whole research project, you know, if they have to dig really into the data. But maybe we should make a first start just by adding more transparency about what of the data has been checked, you know, and a very simple level of checking can be Uh, did somebody open the file just to see whether it is possible to open the file and uh, (laughs) what do you get and do you get a simple spreadsheet or do you get something else Uh, a a next level of checks can be uh, how common is the metadata or how complete is the metadata Uh, if if there's a column about uh, temperature measurements does it say whether it's Kelvin, Fahrenheit, or Celsius? You know, simple things like that, simple curation steps. And then, of course, a very high level of uh, data peer review is whether people have really done a re-analysis of certain parts of the data to see whether they support the main conclu- conclusions of the, of the research project. That goes a lot further. But the first step would already be to indicate which level of data checking has taken place. And maybe we need something like like a taxonomy or or a vocabulary on which we agree, uh, which would indicate this level of of data peer review has taken place here, or even no data checking has taken place at all, but the data can be consulted uh, for anybody uh, who likes, or maybe, I'm now just thinking aloud, you know, maybe a lot of it uh, would require more open data peer review, you know, where if the data is is, uh, available, that others can start indicating, uh, was the data reusable? Uh, Can I use their data into my software program or the other way around? Can their software program run on my data? And does that give different outcomes or, you know, maybe, you can think of a sort of an open rating system or something like that. But I definitely think that a next step and a huge challenge also for all of us in this ecosystem is to start thinking on what kind of uh, practices we would want to see evolve. And my hope is that in the next step also, maybe in the context of fair is fair or in the IDA or, or wherever we have Platforms to work with different stakeholders, then we can start developing uh, uh, some thinking there.
0: How could Fearsphere Fear support publishers and journals in implementing the recommendations?
1: Um, I think there are two terms that resonate with us very much, and we think could really help us. That's uh, turning into reality, as Eve said. I think that's the whole spirit of the Research Data Year. That's what we're trying to do. Uh, is uh, ensure that, that all the great thinking that have been done uh, by a lot of um, institutions, initiatives, organizations, uh, is turned to reality, making sure that uh, research data is shared, is cited, is, is linked, and all the other things that we, uh, we have to do in the, in the future to ensure fair data. And the second is pragmatic, so practical solutions. Um, the, the one feedback uh, I uh, get from publishers uh, when working towards implementation is that they need practical support, that they need to know what to do, basically. Um, uh, publishers are very busy, editors are extremely busy, especially in these. Uh, if you talk to a biologist now, they are extremely busy uh, with the daily work, but at the same time, uh, the research data sharing is more important than ever. So, how can we help them? Uh, how can we support them in implementing uh, all these different uh, solutions? And, and uh, uh, again, the, the practical aspect uh, is, is something that is very uh, important in a speedy implementation. Um, so um, practical guidance, working towards practical uh, tools, guidance, that, that's something that uh, would, uh, yeah, would uh, very much help publishers, uh, journals and editors. Uh, in this uh, in uh, in research data sharing.
0: Is any initiative missing from the examples above that you think Fierce sphere Fair can benefit from knowing about? And do you see any areas that are not being worked on yet in the overall environment uh, that could need more attention?
2: Well let me repeat here what I said earlier about data peer review. Uh, I. I won't go into the details again, but uh, we have identified it as a topic that will uh, merit from more attention. And it's definitely a topic that would merit from more attention between stakeholders. You know, we see it uh, uh, increase in importance on the, on the agendas of the publishers, but I think it's definitely something that we would need to do together with the community. Uh, with people from repositories, who also sometimes uh, struggle with the level of curation that they want to give the data, or not, Uh, with uh, certain badges that they want to give data sets on usability, on reproducibility, on replicatability, which is something slightly different from reproducibility, goodness, Um, (laughs) my my mouth (laughs) stumbles over it. but these are all very important elements even to get the definitions uh, agreed you know what do we mean exactly uh, by it and and how do we want to check it and i think it is something uh, that will that will need some cross stakeholder work so hopefully we can jointly find a context to do that i, I think it will be an important uh, uh, topic for the future, and the other element uh, was already mentioned by Joris: how to incentivize uh, researchers on sharing the data. You know, it helps if funders ask for it. It helps if journals make it a requirement. It helps if research institutes make it a, a common practice uh, during the, uh, the the research workflow. Uh, but I guess that that is also the little push that we can help give the, the, the research community.
0: Thank you so much for being with us, Joris and FK. It's been a very informative chat and um, we look forward to uh, talking with you guys more in the future.
2: Thank you for, uh, for having us.
0: So that's it for episode one of the Fears Fear podcast series. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Um, find us on social media that is at fearsphere underscore EU on Twitter, Fearsphere on LinkedIn, and Fearsphere EU on YouTube. And you can find our website at fearsphere.eu.